I'm Dave. I'm William. And this is the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. All right, let's get into it. Today we're talking about WordPress. Why WordPress specifically? Why you should use WordPress over the other CMS options that are out there? Or it really depends on your business and your site, like what you need, whether you're even trying to run an e-commerce. Let's talk about that for a second. I mean... So there's advantages if you're full e-commerce site. There are some advantages to Shopify. Shopify is fully built for e-commerce sites. And I have seen them dominate the space, some of the spaces in smaller towns. Whether they dominate fully optimized e-commerce is re, uh, regional, I don't know the answer to that. But if you're an e-commerce site that's trying to sell global or n- just national, really, I still think you should jump out with WordPress and a WooCommerce. WooCommerce is the app you would use. It's fully customizable. There are other things that you can add, and you might look up Superfly menus, AMP for mobile versions of your um, your website, and there's a whole slew of things for calendars and what else? You're yeah. the one that does those. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, if child you're child themes, yeah, child themes. If you if you have like a couple of products, or you want to run a subscription service for some of the services that you provide, like whether it's B two B or B two C, you can use that use WooCommerce on your site and make that a little easier to manage if you're trying to get off of something like. Of course, you're going to pay for that functionality. You know, every single addition that you have from WooCommerce is another three hundred bucks a year. Right, you're gonna you're gonna pay for that, but it's. It's something that it's an addition. It's not the main part of your website. So let's talk about speed for the trade-off. Let's go back to the very beginning because a lot of people forget this. The goal of your actual website. You get caught up in the semantics and the emotional thing of picking out all this stuff to define your brand and identity and put it online and you're pumped about it. But what you forget about, there's action that you want taken by someone who's visiting your website, whether it's closing a sale, snagging an email for a subscription, uh, or just getting awareness out about your company. There's an end goal, and speed is too often forgotten when people are building these front ends and they load it up with all this stuff, you have to have a fast site or you're going to lose people quick. When you're building your site, you know, whatever vertical or niche you're in, you have to think of the funnel. What are we trying to get the end user to do? And, and so the, the website is getting them into our funnel, but then whatever content we have on there, we always want to keep them from bouncing out of the site or not getting to where we need them to go to spend money or get their contact or get them to do what we're trying to get them to do. So every time we build a page we want or a website, we want to think about our funnel. Are we trying to get someone to buy something? Are we getting them to try to like something? Are we getting them to, to learn about something? Are we getting them to uh, would, you know, sign up for something? Right. And so everything we build 
has to take the funnel into consideration, or else it's it's you know you're just going to rebuild the site. And Google will bounce you eventually anyway. When you have a high bounce rate, right. and you're not giving users what they think they're clicking on, Google Google has algorithms. They'll figure that out. They'll move you down. Yep. And so in regard to speed, you know we're talking about themes. The theme that gives us the best funnel, it gives us the best looking funnel. Plugins that give us functionality to improve our funnel. And so one of the things that's important to ranking, one of the ranking factors with Google, and, I, and I'm not mentioning ranking factors with Yahoo and Bing, because if you optimize for Google, you're frigging optimizing for Bing and Yahoo. Maybe it'll change one day where they get more technical and have more billions of dollars to spend in it. But right now, we've got a little bit more information with Google. And so one of the things that's important to Google is being fast on mobile and being fast on desktop. And so you don't ever want your pages to load longer than three seconds. We struggle with this every day, every single page we build. Um, you've got queries, you've got CSS that takes time. If you haven't optimized your images, images are too large. Yep. If you've uploaded a 1200 pixel image and it's only using a 300 pixel spot, you're gonna have an issue. Yeah. And so you wanna, you wanna upload optimized images you know, you want to reduce the clarity and the quality down to what you need to be effective, but not too high where if you have an image over 100 kilobytes, I'm not talking megabytes, I'm talking kilobytes, you know, to me, I'm a little leery of it. If you've got one that's 300, I'm very leery of it. We use tools.pingdom.com. It's free. We use it every day. There are other things that you can look at. If you do some of the research with Moz.com, they cover this. It's time to first download. It's not actually the full page download we're talking about. Really, Google's algorithm is algorithm is looking at TTFD, and you can look that up. And there's some sites you can measure TTFD. The easiest thing is to, to ping your pages. Make sure you don't have any 404 errors. Make sure you don't have too many redirects. Make sure you're not using too much CSS and jQuery and too many images. And the images are too many images at 200 KB each can really bog the page down. If you're under a mega megabyte and a half or two megabytes and you're under three seconds you're, you're killing it and um, and that's really what the goal is you're not going to get there every time it's not reality but if you have a five megabyte page there's a lot you can do to improve it yeah if you've secured your website with ssl as you should because that's crucial for google ranking right now mm -hmm. but you're still showing up as an insecure site you, you can actually go on pingdom and after it reads your site it'll help you identify specific things that are not secure so you can go figure out how to fix those but if tools.pingdom isn't showing me what i need to know http if i see something's http and it should be https i'll hit control f look at the back side and then i'll hit control a. control u so i can see the back end control right. f http and i'll just go through the hundred options and see which one says http That's true. Yeah, yeah. and then i'll know right away where the error is and yeah. so there's a couple ways you can hit mixed media yeah absolutely what's the easiest what's the easiest route buy us buy an ssl certificate before you start building the site and that way everything you upload to the content management system will already be secure what happens is what happens to us is we'll rebuild a site and then we'll convince someone to buy a SSL security code and then we have to go and fix all the mixed media and so we have to insert a little piece of code sometimes we'll use like, use like a, a plug-in um, simply secure and, right. or force SSL and it'll instantly change everything from HTTP basically redirects everything but the cleanest the cleanest way to do it is before you start building it get a get an SSL on your um, server, such as say if you're hosting it at GoDaddy, buy that c c certificate, 
install it on the website, and then build the site. And everything you build will be built, and everything you upload will be uploaded in HTTPS. And again, that's a lot easier on WordPress. That's what we're oh, yeah. really emphasizing here. It's cutting out a lot of those man hours that it takes to do something like that. So in regard to tracking, there's a million different ways you can track success rates or what you consider a success. And so what we do, what we use, is we use the Google Tag Manager. So we download a child theme, child theme configurator, create a child theme, and then in the editor, we'll create a header.php duplicate page, and then we'll drop inside the header and inside the body, we'll drop in a, a snippet of code provided by the Google Tag Manager. When we pop over to the Google Tag Manager, it's going to give us that script. You set up your account, you set up the customer you're dealing with, you drop that code into the back end of the website. You don't want to drop each script because the more scripts you add, the more time it takes to load. So we drop one script, and then we add all of our other scripts to the Tag Manager, such as our Google Analytics script. We're going to drop the Google Webmaster script. We're going to drop the Bing Webmaster script. We're going to drop the Facebook Pixel. We're going to drop any unique uh, firing scripts. We're going to drop a schema script. You know, we've got schema scripts in there that fire on on page load. We've got other things that are firing on events. And so we'll drop those scripts into our tag manager so that we're not adding a whole bunch of scripts to slow down the page. Yeah. So, so if, if you're not, you're not super tech savvy on, okay, scripts, all this stuff, what this boils down to is tracking tracking our customers. So with Google Analytics, it's still one of the leaders. Um, we actually use a different program. We use Ahrefs. And we f we don't necessarily track Google Analytics like we track Ahrefs. We track Ahrefs way, way more. We're looking for what our competitors' backlinks are. We want to duplicate them, and, um, and we want to imitate them and add to those. And we're looking at what content they have that's ranked. If we were looking at pay-per-click uh, campaigns and we were looking up close on tracking, we would be looking in Google Web Analytics, which is linked to the Webmaster tools, which you do that in the back end. And you link that, and then you're seeing what people are doing on your site, where they're bouncing, what pages they're visiting, what actions they're making, and you still, Google Analytics is still the leader in that. And then you can set up Google AdWords, spend money on um, the ads and then you can retarget them if they visit you and don't do what you want them to do you can retarget them with new ads you have to have tracking or else you're just basically shooting in the dark yeah. with our website we can target people with our interests and Facebook is really good at this Facebook allows you to target people with interests but same thing with Google you can they're geofencing a lot of their ads so you can target zip codes you can target uh, cities you can target keywords you can target keywords that you're not ranking for yep. which we do with our clients you know, we're working on their search engine optimization, their organic rankings, and until they do well with certain searches, we might encourage them to pay for PPC, and we can track all of these things. Yeah, yeah Facebook even has a script you're going to use, the Facebook Pixel, Pinterest has a Pixel, because you're spending money with them. Facebook, I think, owns Instagram, so it's probably the same Pixel. But these are all scripts that if you don't know better, you could be uh, not using them, be adding them to your website and loading them slowing your page down at, at the trade-off to me it's still a good trade-off because you need analytics the best trade-off is add one script the tag manager nest all of these scripts into the tag manager yep. cool all right well that about wraps it up for this episode i'm dave i'm william and this is the digital marketing lab podcast mm -hmm.